Welcome to the Nonprofit Exchange Podcast. Stories by leaders for leaders to help you raise the bar on your own excellence to release the potential inside of you. Now, here's today's podcast. Welcome. This is Hugh Ballou, founder and president of CenterVision Leadership Foundation, where we work with leaders creating synergy around the vision that you've been given to impact people's lives. Today, we have a guest that's got some really good stuff to share with us. Uh, Nikki Rouse, she's coming in from Idaho, I think you said. And um, we're going to talk about sales. It's taboo with a lot of people, and it really shouldn't be because we got some wrong ideas. Before we get started, um, Nikki, tell us a little bit about who you are and um, you know your journey. Tell people okay. about you and your passion. Thank you. Thank you for allowing me this opportunity to be here with you today. So I am the CEO of Sales Maven, and that is an organization that is dedicated to training and teaching people how to have more effective sales conversations. I started my business in 2013, and prior to that, I was in the tech space selling technology to some of the larger companies and uh, closing multi-million dollar deals. I have a pretty extensive background in sales. I also have an extensive background in neuro-linguistic programming, if that's a new term to you guys on the call or to uh, anybody listening, that's essentially the study of communication. So the way you process information in your brains is the neuro piece. The linguistics piece has to do with language. So the, the actual words that you speak and the words that others speak to you. And then programming has to do with habits and patterns. So in 2013, I decided to start Sales Maven to teach people how to have more effective sales conversations because as you build a business and as you build a nonprofit, it's important to be bringing money into the organization. And money conversations often are uncomfortable. And yet the money conversations can impact the impact that you're able to make in your community and in the lives of the people that you care about. So I, my passion is teaching people how to make a bigger impact in their own life, in the life of their business or their organization and in the community around them. So I believe strongly in um, being able to have those really sometimes uncomfortable conversations, but making it easy, making it easy for you and making it easy for the person you're in conversation with. Well, you're so spot on. And that's, that is a big deal. We all want money, but we don't want to do the work to get it or understand (laughs) how it's supposed to work. So uh, folks, you've joined the nonprofit exchange. You can find um, us at the T-H-E nonprofit exchange.org, the nonprofit exchange.org. And we're here every Tuesday at two o'clock Eastern time. Uh, my co-host is David Dunworth. He's the board chair of Center Vision Leadership Foundation. And so Nikki, um, David and I've had many conversations about how people misunderstand many things about money. So what's the biggest myth? Now, you mentioned a business and a nonprofit. We teach that a nonprofit is a business, not a for-profit business, but a for purpose business and understanding the flow of money and our responsibility to get our minds straight. So what's the biggest myth that you have found with nonprofit leaders and faith leaders about sales? What's the biggest lie we tell ourselves? 
I think the biggest myth and the biggest lie that we tell ourselves, and it's because we've all been on the receiving end of sales done poorly, is we think that selling means that you're trying to convince somebody of something. And we think selling is something that you do to another person. And when you think about just what I said, who wants something done to them? That feels manipulative and kind of odd, but I teach sales is it's something you do with people. It's a collaboration. So it isn't that you're just going out and treating people like they're walking around wallets. You're going out and you're having real conversations and you're being genuine in your conversation. And by doing that, you're building relationships. And then the selling part gets so much easier because people realize I'm in a conversation with a real person. They're treating me like I'm a real person. I can talk to them like they're a real person. Now relationships are built. And from relationships, business happens. That's a new term, David. Walk around wallet. I love it. You know, we've heard the one that we want to treat um, corporate donors and sponsors and, and high net worth individuals as an ATM machine, but a walk around wallet. That's lovely. So, so. What's the biggest hangup that you see? Now, you're so right. Communication, leadership, uh, financial success based in relationships. So um, we think that sales is like, well, the model we have may not be fair to all car dealers, but buying a used car. Yeah. You walk out of there buying a car, whether you want it or not. That's not what sales really is. So no. how does relationship selling differ from what we experience in other places. So again, I'm going to go back to this with um, approach. So instead of talking, this is your great example that you brought up about the used car salesman, right? A lot of times when you get into those conversations, people start talking at you. And if you're spending time talking at people, they'll stop listening. And frankly, in society today, we're talked at constantly. We're talked at from the news, social media. You know, sometimes you go to friends, like friends and family events, and you feel like you're just sitting there and your job is to just listen to somebody like word vomit all over you. And so instead you have to learn to talk with people because with means conversation. That's back and forth conversation. That's you know, me asking you a question and allowing for you to ask me questions. And again, building that, that conversation piece, because conversations are not one way. If they're a one-way conversation, that's called word vomit. And none of us want to be word vomited on. So you have to learn how to have with conversations instead of at. You can't just talk at donors because they will shut down. They will stop listening. Wow. Word vomit, that's another one. And talking out instead of with. A lot of good sound bites. We're just you know, a few minutes into this interview. So Nikki, um, we, we do have some of these, we talked about some of the myths. We really don't know how to have those conversations. So is there a process that you teach? How do we think in terms of a process that we, we don't know where to start we don't know how to start the conversation. We don't know how to think about relationship. So is there a process that you teach? 
Absolutely. So my signature framework for a sales conversation is what I call the selling staircase. And there's a five-step process to a sales conversation. And the reason I teach it as a staircase is because most people understand that if you're standing at the bottom of a staircase, the objective is not to stand and then hop up to the top step. And that's again, where selling kind of goes off the rails because you don't just walk up to somebody and be like, Hey, give me money. But yet we've all been on the receiving end of somebody coming up and just instantly going in for the close. And that, that, that's the, that's the at type approach to sales. That's the shotgun approach to sales and it just doesn't work. So the reason I teach this as a staircase is because most people understand that you go from one step to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next. And then as you progress up the staircase, the conversation is on track and you'll have cues that people will give that will indicate it's time to make the ask. So the five steps to the selling staircase, I'll go through them really quickly and I'm happy to go into as much detail as you want. The first one is what I call the introduction step. And that's the objective there is to make a powerful first impression. The second step in the selling staircase is to create curiosity. This is the most misstep in the sales process, by the way. And most people don't even think about, do I know how to create curiosity when I'm talking about the organization or I'm talking about the mission? And if you don't know how to create curiosity, it's really hard to get to the next step, which is the discovery process. The objective here is to understand like what's going on for this other person, what's their desire, what's their want to contribute. And then the, the fourth step is what I call the proposal. This is where the ask is going to happen. And then the fifth step goes really closely with step four, and that's the close. And that's the second most missed step in the sales process. Most people get to the proposal and then they kind of hang out and they wait for the other person to take action. But most people won't take action if you don't actually make the really clear ask as to what the next logical step is for them. Your job as the person who wants to earn the donation or earn the business is to guide the person up the staircase and make it so easy that by the time you get to the close, they're ready, but you still have to show them what to do next. And that comes in the form of the way you ask questions. You know, we, um, we tend to shy away from this in this segment we're talking to because we think it's manipulation when really you're you're connecting somebody that's got a passion and they're just as happy to support your mission because it's not about us it's we're not asking for money we're giving people an opportunity to support a project that we're passionate about and we're doing all the work <laughs> and all they're doing is writing a check so sales we sell a lot of things that we don't realize we're selling we're selling donations mm-hmm. we're selling corporate sponsorships we're selling people on the idea of joining our board or being a volunteer. So yes. all of those, we're convincing people to act, call to action, a sales close, an ask, you know, you can call it whatever, but it's coming to the specificity of asking people to do something. So why do you think people just kind of melt down when they get to that? They're afraid of a no. What's, what's the reason people don't get to the ask? I think a lot of it is either they don't understand kind of where they are in the conversation. So they're not sure what to do next, 
or they're so afraid of that judgment, right? Like I'm going to ask this person for something and they're going to say no. And people often in sales, they think that a no is rejection. I actually had somebody say to me one time, you know, what makes you so good at sales, Nikki? And I love a compliment. So I was like leaning in going, what, what makes me really good at sales? And she's like, you're so good at rejection. It literally knocked the wind out of me. I was like, what? People are rejecting me. What are you talking about? Like, tell me more about this. I was so curious. And she's like, oh, you know, you know, when you get told no, you don't take it personal. And I was like, oh, that's because I don't see a no as rejection. I often think about it. And this is kind of analogy I often give clients is, you know, imagine that you go out and you have a, like a wonderful dinner out and, you know, it's it's so satisfying to you. And the waiter comes by at the end of the night and says, you know, can I show you the dessert menu? And you go, gosh, you know, I love dessert, but unfortunately tonight is not the night. So I'm going to pass, you know, the waiter doesn't go back in the kitchen and say to everybody, can you believe that broad? I offered her dessert and she rejected me. You know, they don't take it personal. They're like, oh, they're full. But at the same time, if you go to a really nice restaurant and the waiter just comes by and throws your check on the table and never offers you dessert, even if you don't want it, you're a little put out by it. You're like, uh, you don't get to decide for me whether or not I want dessert. I'd like to be asked. Your donors want to be asked as well. It's flattering for them to be asked. It's an opportunity for them to participate and engage in whatever way that they want or, you know, volunteer. If you're not asking people, if you're not giving them the opportunity to make that decision for themselves, you're basically the waiter saying, you don't get dessert. And that's not how you want to leave people. I want to decide for myself. That's right. And, you know, if it's something I've been waiting for, like, I don't, you don't get flying, really good flying, just any restaurant. That's true. You don't know if they have it. You may not know to order it, um, creme brulee or something like that, which I shouldn't be eating anyway. But hey, you know, sometimes you want it because you want it. And, That's right. and until we get to know people, this relationship, until we know what they're interested in, it might not be a good fit for them. And it, that's the bottom line. If it's not, I mean, they get requests. People that have substance do get requests for donations. And not every donation fits their passion. As a matter of fact, if we find somebody and they say, well, my passion is really this, I find it valuable. I say, okay, here's the charity you could support. And sometimes people just give me a donation because they feel grateful that I, I connected them with something to their passion. So, you know, this rejection thing, it's not us. So, so your area is sales. And one of the areas that David is here, David is a, he's a, he's got many, many skills, but he's a, he's a marketing professional. So the people misunderstand PR, publicity, marketing, and sales. And maybe David, you'd have a follow-up question, but Nikki, your area is sales. So how is that sure. different from PR and marketing? Well, I think marketing and sales are cousins, but they're not the same thing. Marketing's job is to to bring awareness and possibly bring leads into an organization. Sales job is to close those leads. Sales job is to bring in revenue and profit into the business. Marketing's job is to build awareness. Sales is to close. I don't know, David, would you say something different or? No, I think you, you nailed it. Um, and, and, you know, having talked about hospitality, I come from a hospitality background. So the, the dessert 
thing is real and you you've nailed that particularly well and i appreciate that thank you that's a great analogy because you know we like dessert <laughs> so now i when when i work with uh i my area especially is helping people think in strategy and you really can't build a marketing program or close sales until people have identified their unique value proposition and the impact of their work, which gives you some language then to share with people. And so until we've done that work, we're just spouting, you know, stuff that people may not care about. So we, and we're wasting their time. So our area is to help people um, really get clear on why they exist and why people should care. And so it kind of gives you some, some, um, some some fuel to then go to donors and say here's here's a fit here's a here's how you can bring good to the world but we I teach people that part of marketing is our influence so talk about um increasing um our influence in donor conversations and talk about influence and why that's important and how do we increase that now it's donors it's sponsors it's board members so we're we're inviting people to play in the space and share their passion for impact in the world. Is that, that's a long question, but talk about influence and why it's important. So influence is critical in a conversation because the person who has the influence usually has uh, the most power in the conversation, frankly. And one of the ways that you can create more influence in a conversation, and this can be any conversation across the board, is to ask questions. People often think, oh, well, if I'm asking questions, that means I don't know something. But actually, person that's asking the questions holds the power and has the most influence. Because when you're asking questions, you're getting information. So instead of just showing up and, and word vomiting you know, your message onto potential donors and talking about the mission, if you're having a one-on-one -on -one conversation with somebody, instead of just giving your kind of you know, canned speech, ask them, what's interesting to you about the organization or what kind of information would be helpful for you to know? If you ask that question and they go, well, I'm really interested in this aspect of the organization, and then you focus on that aspect, you're essentially speaking their language. And we like people who speak our language. We like to spend time around them. We'll be more revealing. We'll be more apt to want to work with them when we feel like this person isn't just showing up and again, just treating me like I'm just here to listen. So ask questions and you will increase your, your influence in any conversation. But that it's one of those things that most people shy away from asking questions because they think, oh, well, that implies that I don't know anything. No, actually, you know quite a bit and you're gathering information that's useful so that when you are presenting, you're focusing on the things that are interesting. You know, I often say, if you said, Nikki, tell me what you know about sales, I could literally talk for days. <laughs> I love sales. I'm, you know, I'm a fan of it. I've been studying it for many years and I've been teaching it also for many years, but I want to know what's interesting about sales to you, or what would you like to know specifically about sales? And then I'll focus on that aspect of it. So if you're like interested, 
you know, we're looking for some more volunteers for our organization. We're not really sure how to sell the mission of the volunteers. Well, then I've got some information. And when I'm delivering back sales techniques, I'm going to put it in terms that are interesting to the person who's looking for volunteers. Same with donors, same with anything else. So you have to ask questions in order to get the information in order to really increase your influence. Love it. So there's, there's a um, getting to know people, building relationship, and there's a trust factor, which if you go right to the close, you don't know anything about people. So part of the trust is there's two sides to this question, you know, building trust is part of the process, but you said, ask questions. The companion to that is listening. And I think when people feel heard, that takes you to another level of trust. So at listening and trust, how do you, you have any advice on those two pieces? Yeah. So you want to pick up the person's uh, keywords and the things that they're saying that are indicators, because the thing I, I, you've probably seen this analogy a million times where they use the, like the iceberg, right? So they always talk about what you see above the water is just a tip of the iceberg and what's below is so much more. Well, people walk around with what I call a quick start guide. This is an indicator of my back, my background in technology. You know, every piece of equipment we sold, you open the box, there's a quick start guide. Like here's the three steps of how to turn this on and make it work, right? So I think people often walk around with a quick start guide. And so they give you these signals and these signs based on the, the words that they choose, the way that they phrase things. And if you'll pay attention to that and that you have to listen, you have to really be giving your full attention to this person, not be thinking like, I wonder what I'm going to make for dinner. You know, you can't be lost in your head and thoughts when somebody's speaking to you because you'll miss out on these key phrases that they'll use. So for instance, if you're talking to a donor and the donor keeps talking about, you know, the thing that is so important for us is that our family is interested in leaving a legacy. Okay. So they use this word legacy and, and in part of the conversation. So when I'm going to put back in front of them an opportunity to participate in the organization, you better believe I'm going to bring legacy into that. I'm not going to work. I'm not going to use the word that maybe I like, which could be the word impact. I think we've used impact already today. I love the word impact, but if that word doesn't resonate then I'm going to look for what is the word that they use. So if they use legacy, I'm going to use legacy back when I'm talking about getting involved with the organization, because that's the below the surface stuff. Because what legacy means to them might be something that is so deep and so ingrained that I would never know that, but I'm going to use their word because it will have more impact than mine. Love it. So David, you know, she mentioned the quick start guide. I'm sure that's for men because we don't like reading directions. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> In my house, we call them destructions. Okay. If we use them, we're probably not going to get it right. So we trust ourselves more than the instructions, I, I guess. You know, but the, the couple, of, couple of things that Nikki's mentioned, I, I find really, really resonating because uh, one of the things that Dr. Stephen Covey uh, taught was beyond... Uh, you know, begin it, begin uh, with the end in mind. But what he said that, that most people, 96%, I think it was, never learned how to actively listen. And so what generally happens is when somebody's speaking, the other person is thinking what they're going to say in response, rather than, like you said, 
fully absorb, be focused in on exactly what they're saying and listening and not having that spring-loaded response, as I like to call it. Uh, so, yeah, I really appreciate the fact that you brought that up. And, you know, um, conversations and trust and all those other things that you mentioned reminds me of something that Jay Abraham, who's a world-famous marketer and um, wordsmith, shared a, a story many, many years ago about having a conversation with, with someone. And all he did was ask questions, just like you said. They would say something and it'd say, oh, well, how did you feel about that? And he would just go deeper and deeper and deeper and not saying very much at all. And at the end of a 30 or 40 minute conversation, the person was so well trusting of him that he wrote an incredibly large offer uh, contract with him. And he really didn't, he said it was the best conversation he had ever had. And that was because he was doing most of the talking and the recipient was doing, just guiding him along to give him all the information that he needed, made him feel special, made you know, the person knowledgeable for it. And so, yeah, it's all building a relationship and not selling. <laughs> which is great. And I really appreciate what you do because you've nailed it again. Super informative stuff. Appreciate it. Thank you. I love what you said and your feedback and the examples that you shared too. So you've given us useful stuff. So Nikki Roush and her, her website is I'm going to, I'm going to show it for people that are on video. If you're not, you can go to the, to the, the nonprofitexchange.org and, see it on, on there. But when people go to yoursalesmaven.com, what will they find there, Nikki? You will find there's resources. So you see in that section where there's resources, there's lots of free resources up there. You can access the podcast where I do solo episodes where I'm teaching a sales concept. I also do on-air coaching calls. Um, so there's lots, lots of resources there for you. And if you're interested in getting some support around selling, you're welcome to book a time with me and I'd be happy to chat with anybody that's looking for some additional assistance. So when you go to the nonprofitexchange.org, you'll see this episode and you'll see the link for her website. And, you know, there's an awful lot to learn there. And we want to say our, our, our easy out is, oh, I'm too busy. Well, <laughs> that might be to your detriment. You might be less busy if you raise a little more money and you could hire somebody to do some of the stuff that you're doing yourself. That's a leadership challenge. So Nikki, in, in this short 25 minutes, you've given us a ton of useful stuff. I think it's a paradigm shift. I think it's also tools that we can implement. And we've got some free stuff on yoursalesmaven.com. So what, uh, as a result of this, what would you like to, people to do? If people still want to take notes and they, oh, that was great stuff. But what do you want people to do as a result of this information? If there's only one thing you do as a result of listening to this or watching this is ask questions, ask a question that you've never asked before of somebody that you are interested in being a part of the organization, being a donor, ask them a question, a sincere, authentic, genuine question and see what happens. Nikki Roush, your sales maven, just really useful stuff today. Thank you for being our guest today on the Nonprofit Exchange. Thank you for having me. 
Thank you for listening to the Nonprofit Exchange. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.